the Lawyer Life Experiment. Have you ever wondered if work-life balance is really possible for a lawyer? We have too. So let's put it to the test. Join us as we experiment with proven tips and tricks to address everyday lawyer problems. I am Anya Smirnova. And I am Frida Levitsky. Hello, hello. How's it going out there? So as we are in the middle of Mental Health Awareness Month, We thought it would be a good idea to chat to you about two things that we know have a huge impact on lawyers' mental health and well-being. And those two things are money and status. Yep, we are going to go there. But before we do, let's check in on how we found the experiment from last week, which focused on another issue which really impacts lawyers' mental health, and that is the dreaded appraisal. So what came up for you, Anya, after our last experiment? Well, that was an interesting experiment. I thought the appraisals were left in the past, but actually now being a self-employed, I keep appraising myself daily. And I'm probably the toughest of the reviewers that I ever had. (laughs) So lots of learning and lots of application. So the learnings were to set out the goals in advance. And this reminded me of one of our very first episodes this year about the new year resolutions that took the time to set the goals for the year. And to me, that is my appraisal of how I succeed. And I quite like to connect it like we're in May. And it was a useful reminder (laughs) to connect with how am I going towards those goals spreading the pressure out through manageable, regular steps. So, yeah, very good exercise. How was it for you? For you? Do you remember your New Year resolutions, by the way? Well, thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> I do remember mine. Mine was all about stretching. So to some extent, yes, I do remember. I remember it was to do with uh, learning and development professionally. And I know that I'm in a, a new course at the moment. So, yes, I'm, I'm achieving that. Um, I was built, bringing in a new business partner. But yeah, so there is definitely some, but I probably do need to go back and have a check. And I think this is a great reminder. From my perspective, what the experiment initially brought up was a sheer relief that I didn't have to do appraisals anymore, which was great. But then actually, upon reflection, I realized that the same, same as you is that I have no one that keeps me accountable anymore. I don't have anyone that really keeps me focused or guided or gives me any objective feedback because I just don't have have another person in my business it's all down to me um so actually you telling telling me do you remember your new year's resolutions is a really good idea that I probably do need you know a quarter year we're third of the way through now quarter of the way through now a check-in and a reflection session to see where I currently am that is going to be my appraisal So on that note, today's topic is on money and status. And I suppose that appraisal discussion is a perfect segue into the money discussion. So Anya, what are your thoughts on the effects of money and status for lawyers? Well, having this discussion about appraisals uh, reminded me how after the appraisal, pretty soon you receive the letter about your salary increase. Well, in the old days, uh, (laughs) not (laughs) pre-pandemic. And the question to the audience is for how long does this letter keep you satisfied? For how long does it keep you motivated? Too often, we 
connect our happiness to this monetary value. And we say to ourselves, I will be happy when I get this letter. I will be happy when I get this promotion. But actually, as soon as you get it, the feeling of, yes, I did it, lasts for a very short time. Isn't that the truth, hey? Gosh, I remember, I, I can vividly remember getting one of mine and then finding out from a colleague next to me that they've got, I don't even think it was that much, it was maybe £2,000 £2, more than I did. And I remember thinking, well, why have they got it and not me, even though I got what I wanted? And it dissipated in an instant. Comparison is the key of happiness, that's for sure. You set yourself goals, you thought about them, you thought about how they apply to your personal life, how your family life. But as soon as you see someone else getting or achieving something more than what you planned for yourself, suddenly what was sufficient is not sufficient anymore. You planned a salary increase of this much, someone else, your neighbor gets 2,000 more, suddenly what was sufficient is not sufficient anymore. Someone sees their career as a good work progression, professional progression, putting one foot in front of the other, and their junior leaving to a startup company and getting rich through share buyout, and suddenly you feel that your plan of a career progression is a faulty one. A failure, fundamentally, in, in many respects. It's that, it's that extreme impression that we have when we start looking at money and status in, in those levels. Do you know, money and status have a huge importance in the legal community and particularly in the bigger cities. So I've lived in Geneva, Dubai, London, Hong Kong and Singapore. Lived in other places, but I'm talking big, big cities at the moment. I spent so much time listening to so which which school does your do your children go to which area do you live what car do you drive have you been to the latest restaurant or bar what country club are you a member of uh what else came up what designer clothes are you currently wearing or your designer handbag and and your shoes of course I had a ton of shoes um who who are you dating and who are your friends and what's your network like because your success in the legal world was determined by this image which you really had to comply with because everybody else around you was also doing that. And in order to continue to meet these status and criteria, you had to earn a lot of money to be able to buy into that image of success. But the problem is all of that image and success cost money and they increase your stress level. So you were talking about comparison before, and and this is the world that lawyers live in. You know, you start comparing yourself to everybody. You know, are you good enough? Oh, he has a second holiday home. I only have one holiday home. Now, okay, that's a bit extreme (laughs) of an example. But, you know, when you're living in those top ranks of of law and, and business, that becomes the sublime to the ridiculous conversations that we start having. And the point is, is that we start living in a place of envy for what other people have rather than gratitude for what we've got and from what we've achieved. And you're right, comparison kills happiness. You know, the metaphor, the, the visual that I have for this is a cheetah, which is the fastest animal on earth, as far as I recollect. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And as professionals, we keep up with a very fast-paced world, but it is almost like we're chasing the bone that hangs from a rod connected to our own back. So we're, we're never in that happy place if we connect it with the bone. Yeah, the bone. It's, it's like the carrot then. Dangling that carrot in front of, is it a rabbit? I can't remember the metaphor. I'm really bad at metaphor. But dangling the carrot or dangling the bone in front of the animals. And you keep following it because that's what you're supposed to do. Come on. I mean, law firms, law, law, law firms, corporates, they all do it. They do it with salaries and bonuses. I can give you an experience of you. I can reflect on an experience if you'd like me to. So when I was uh, in corporate, I knew I was being paid less than what market value was. So, you know, there is a barometer that exists, which sets what other people in, at my level in my career were being paid. And I'd spoken to my peers about this. I checked the, the market. I knew what they were, were on. And I'd thrown myself into my job and, and I'd done everything I could and into the company and the family world of the company. And I'd scored as high as I possibly could on my appraisal. So I literally could do nothing more than warrant getting a pay increase, in my view. So I took the market figures to my boss at the time and I asked for a significant raise. And I got the equivalent of, I think it was 10% of what I'd asked for on the raise, which was still way below market value. Um, and it was pretty it's pretty hurtful, to be honest. And I did go and complain about it to HR. And it did get adjusted a little bit. But what I found was that it didn't take away that feeling of being used, undervalued, worthless, frustrated, and disappointed. So, and it's because this dangling carrot of money attaching to your worth was so dominant for me. It was so present for me. The weight I put on monetary recognition for my own self-worth and value were enormous. And my salary was equal to my personal value. And that's, that's where it becomes dangerous. This makes me think about the self-employment actually we're talking about lawyers and professional world some of the lawyers are self-employed like barristers and mm -hmm. especially when you're just starting I remember how I was putting the markers of how successful I am as an entrepreneur to the financials linking it to the financials because I was my work the separation of me and my work was super difficult to make. And especially if it is in the work that is pretty much linked to your mental abilities, that this achievement of financial goals is almost like the condition of your self-worth, which we know is not true, but it is a very difficult one to shake off. Do you know what comes up for me then is, is bringing it right back to what you started talking about at the beginning of the value of that appraisal and that accountability and that check-in. And I think as entrepreneurs, what we don't have is that ability to reflect and, and, and talk about things when they're not necessarily going right. So I'm wondering if actually having that break, that, that check-in with somebody and to discuss the look, it's just not going so well at the moment, would be able to address those the financial worries rather than and break that pattern 
of attaching it to your value. That's the point about having appraisals for individuals is that it's it's a check. It's a, a check-in on performance and job performance, not your entire value as a person. Also, when you get this money and you get the increases, it is a known fact that we get used to the new money and you start spending more. And I remember when from being what is called a dink, dual income, no kids, my husband and I, we moved to one stable income and four people. And there was quite epic fall from this financial habits, I suppose. Yeah, there was the habit and learning the value of money again and learning how much things are worth. Uh, it was quite an interesting journey. But what I want to say for our today's uh, podcast, the, the status is that how this career, career leap made us reassess how much is enough to feel fulfilled. We became much more savvy with money and actually enjoy life much more now, even though financially we, we are in a, in a different place. To keep, having kids is a very costly experience. <laughs> experience? I don't think it's an experience. I think it's lifelong debt. So. Well, hopefully they will become independent <laughs> at some point. I don't know. You should speak to my mum about that. <laughs> But do you know what? You were talking about having that, that jolt, of, jolt of reality when it comes to a change in circumstances. And, and it reminds, well, it doesn't remind me. I'm, I'm very conscious of this. I took a gap year at the end of the cap year. I'm not 20, but I took a year out at the end of 2016 for 14 months. And I did it with no job security, no sabbatical. It wasn't a sabbatical, um, no financial income for that year. It was a really defining year for me. And, and I also stepped away from the status of, of defining myself as a lawyer for that year. I'll tell you, it was hard to, to start with. You know, I spent the first couple of months worrying about what job I'd go back into, even though the whole point was was to, to focus on the other areas of my life and worrying a little bit like, oh, you know, how much money do I have? What do I do? You know, oh. And, and it was starting to rob me of the year I was supposed to be enjoying rather than, than focusing on work, which was equally stressful because I all I wanted to do was to be able to do what I was fundamentally now doing in 2017. So once I started to calm down, I realized that, well, I started to remember who I was. I started to remember what I really valued. I started to spend time with people that I really cared about. And, and I realized what I'd been missing, to be honest. I lived a much more frugal life for 2017. And I became more grounded and so much happier, surrounded by such a variety of people, like different cultures, different backgrounds, different jobs, different mentalities to this legal world of, of money and status. So when I stepped back into law in 2018 as a partner, I consciously built my career and my business around maintaining that balance I had created in 2017. And so we drive a crappy Turan at the moment, which the dogs have ripped to pieces and there's hair all over the place because it, it works for our lifestyle. It doesn't look great, by the way. And it was quite embarrassing when I had to take a CEO home up to his hotel the other day. But apart from that, he was, he was quite cool about it. 
But we spend our money on traveling and going and seeing family and friends now and, and experiences. We spend time with people we like, not people that we think we should because it's good for our network. And we run our businesses on our own terms. And to me, just as, it, as, as you've said with, with your family, is that that's my idea of a happy and successful life. It isn't the typical happy and success. Well, eradicate the word happy. It isn't the idea of a successful life, of what a lawyer's life should look like. It isn't the big mansion. It isn't the big, the big fancy Range Rover, which I do miss. But but it it, it isn't that anymore. But I'm a hell of a lot happier because of it. Yes, and. It comes through, well, it can come through no choice when we lose jobs, for example, and especially it was very hard year for the employment market. And that is difficult, but it also can come through our own choice of just assessing what do we define as that bone or that carrot of happiness? How much is enough? And of course, we need some financial stability. Of course, we need to sustain ourselves and our children. But then there are choices that we make and we influence in terms of our lifestyle. So this comes back to this self-awareness where we feel influenced by others and where these are truly things that we need for us to be um, grounded rather than proving a point to someone else or fitting into a community. Yeah, and it, it also frees you from those lemon golden handcuffs that we can find ourselves in as we climb that corporate ladder. Not a nice place to be in. You said about the climbing the corporate ladder, that made me think of how many people feel that money can interest and motivate employees for better performance. And yes, it does in a way, but at some point it stops being a motivator. Many other factors influence your level of motivation. More and more people, especially the new generation, are interested in their personal expression and what individual things they can bring to the world and to their workplace, that they do interesting work, that they're involved in interesting projects, that there is a meaning to what they do, and they're more interested in that than in some marginal differences in the financials. It's, it's a really good point. Uh, we, we, I think we discussed that when we were talking about the millennial generation coming up, because I think that that is something that is, it isn't money that is the key driver for, for those guys anymore. Yes, it's important for all the reasons you said, but, you know, education, opportunities, seeing what else is out there, feeling as though they're making an impact on the world is way more important than having these whacking salaries and bonuses nowadays. I think that probably brings us nicely into our hypothesis for today. So this is clearly around success. Uh, like to me, this has the, the hypothesis for this week is something to do with redefining success. And I think that I think it's about really looking at what success means for us. So maybe it's something about to be happy with our lives, we need to define our own version of success, as simple as that. Yes, and this ties in with, with other things that we were talking about this year. When we reach a certain age, when we reach a certain level of our professional achievements, the path becomes less clear. 
And when the path is less clear, it's about finding your true path. And you can only find your true path when you give your own definitions to where do you want to get? What is your future vision of yourself? What goals you set for yourself that are true to your own situation? A hundred percent. And I think, therefore, that the experiment today is going to be as follows. And we have talked about this because we had a, a long discussion about what the experiment for this session would be. And there's two questions, and it's a reflection question for, for our audience this week. And the first question is, how does money and status track you? And the second question is, how do they benefit you? We know that financial security is an important part of this world. We know that we need money to survive. We know that we need a certain level of money. But let's look at it from a much more neutral perspective. How does it benefit you? How does money and status benefit you? But also, how does it track you? Brilliant. I just want to add one thing before we, before we close off. And it's just a reminder. We've talked about it, but I think it's just a good summary just to finish off with, is that our salaries and our status as lawyers are hooks, which we've gotten ourselves attached to as we've climbed that corporate ladder. But they don't define you as a person. They don't reflect the value you bring to the world. And they sure as hell shouldn't be the drivers which dictate your definition of success. That's it for this week's episode of the Lawyer Life Experiment podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. It was presented to you by Anya Smirnova and Frida Levitsky. Find our information and contacts in the podcast note. We love to hear your views on this podcast. Please reach out to us or use the link in the show notes to give us a review. You can also subscribe and like and tell your friends about it and have fun experimenting. Yeah.